subscription viewing experience. My name is Elias Chavez. Um, as per the usual, I've got my co-host here. Noah Wilder. Uh, pleasure to meet you. Um, well, Noah, would you like to give us a quick little rundown of what it is that we do here at Our Christian Viewing Experience? Inc. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Hey, we are a podcast featuring me and you, mm-hmm. and we talk to the audience, you guys. Them. <laughs> and we are here to do first an icebreaker, and then second, um, we do what we call the feature presentation, and we bring up um, what are you talking? You're talking about a movie. I'm talking about a movie. We bring up two movies, um, and we bring a gospel or Christian idea into them and show how it displays that idea really well so that you can take those and bring them into conversations you might have with coworkers or friends that may be interested in those things. So you can bring God in those conversations in uh, a slightly easier way. Um, mm. But first, an icebreaker. Do you have one? I do have an icebreaker. Okay, go for it. Oh, my bad. Uh, no. <laughs> so <clears throat> Mickey Mouse. Okay. Picture him in your head. Okay. What, what do you see? What do you see? I see Mickey Mouse. Okay. More specifically. Red pants. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I was going to be like, what's he wearing? <laughs> Yellow button things. Okay. Uh, he's wearing some gloves. Sure. He's like a stick with a big ball <laughs> yes. that goes around his pants. Yeah. Yellow shoes. He has a hole in the bottom of his shoe for some reason. Yep. Uh, Sometimes plugged with a cork. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know what that is in, like, cartoons. Just everyone has a hole in their bottom of their shoe. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, he's Mickey Mouse. He has a white face and giant ears and a weird little snout thing that looks good in a cartoon. But, like, when you you make, like, a model of that, that looks really weird. Yeah. Yeah, he's a great uh, two-dimensional character. Yes. I okay. hate in 3D things when his ears are all, like, sliding all over his head. Yeah. Ugh. They both have to be visible at all times, no yep. matter what orientation he has. Um, okay. So with that in mind, um, what's your favorite Mickey Mouse costume? Like your favorite design for Mickey Mouse that you've ever seen? Like you're just like, that is, that's a really good looking Mickey Mouse. It doesn't have to be is like... Is this the icebreaker? This is the icebreaker. Okay. Is specifically, I want to know like, what's your favorite like Mickey Mouse outfit um, like that he's ever worn? Um, this can be from anything. This could be, you know, like whatever. For example, I'm going to say I really like the way that Mickey Mouse looks in that one short. Um, yeah, that with one. The- <laughs> with the uh- – <sighs> Yeah, that one. No, no, no. No, no, no. Um, up with the cheese wranglers. I really like that like old-timey, westy-looking Mickey Mouse and he's just obsessed with – the code. Yeah. I um, really I really like the design of that one specifically. I'll say when he looks like he's in a barbershop quartet. <laughs> yeah. He's wearing like that really blue flat and white, yeah. hat. And he has like a cane. And he's just swinging it around. Real happy to be there. Yep. Like pinstripes and red. Mm-hmm. And like, <laughs> you know what I'm talking about? Yeah. He looks good like that. Yeah. Is that it? That is there a follow-up? I mean, no. No? Was I supposed to have a follow-up? Uh, what's, uh, what's, I mean, what's your least favorite, I guess? Yeah. Do you have a least favorite Mickey Mouse design? I have an icebreaker if you want. <laughs> I mean, okay. I mean, we don't have to take it. It's only it been two minutes, time. guys. <laughs> it doesn't have to be a long one. Do you have a favorite knock knock joke? Like what do you what do we, like what do you want? <laughs> okay, I have a I have an icebreaker. Okay. <laughs> so the, the Egypt. How many plagues do they experience? 
10, right? How many do they go through? 10. Anyway, there's 10 plagues in Egypt. If there was an 11th plague that was so ineffective that no one even noticed, what, what would that worst plague, that, like, not like worst as it hurts everybody, but yeah. like so useless of a plague so here's the deal so here's the deal here's the deal here's the deal so the jewish people are unaffected by this plague right right (laughs) one so ineffective um let's see they live in a desert so they're just like a heat wave comes by yeah yeah, Yeah. sandstorm they're just like it's like everyone's like ah man well anyways i gotta get to work so (laughs) all of the horses are all the king's horses. All of the king's and all the king's men. They <laughs> they break their eggs and they can't put them back together again. Mm-hmm. I like the thought of I've always whenever somebody does like an animated version of Humpty Dumpty, I always like whenever they get the horses and they're like sitting down and they like got the eggshells in between their hooves and they're trying to like put it. I don't have opposable thumbs. You know, this is difficult for you too, but it feels impossible. (laughs) No, um, I, I'm trying to think of something really good. Like something really, really funny. Something that will really get people. I I think an invasion of turtles. An invasion of turtles. Like there's frogs, give everybody warts. Uh, Yeah. Um, I think that's all they really do. That's really bad. Yeah. Eat the frogs, man. We're good. <laughs> We're good. No, I was going to say... Uh, uh, but like just slowly moving turtles... I like that even in the Prince of across Egypt... Across Egypt. Yeah. <laughs> I, I like that even in the Prince of Egypt, they're just like, ah, oh, man, these... Ah, oh, this sucks. Like, you know, I'll scrub them off. Like, no, um... All of their all the birds just have like just really got to go. <laughs> <laughs> There's just bird poop everywhere <laughs> except where the Israelites live. What, what do uh, what do the Israelites have to do to avoid their plague of either turtles or bird dookie? <laughs> um. <laughs> The bird one? Yeah. Uh, you come up with the turtle one. I got the bird one. Okay, okay, okay. Okay, so the bird one, they have to... Uh, that's why they have to cut their hair that way. Yeah. <laughs> so people realize, oh, I the birds can see their like heads from above, and they're like, oh, that guy's... That guy's a Jew. That guy's a Jew. I'm gonna I'm gonna go to the next house. <laughs> I'm gonna go to the next. I can hold it just a little yeah. bit longer. <laughs> um, the turtle one. Uh, in order, the Israelites, in order to avoid uh, the plague of turtles, um, they have to cook leavened bread. <laughs> Throw it out. Ah, man. We must feed the turtles leavened no. bread. No. Ah, that looks pretty good, though. <laughs> Just like, well, I guess I'll get rid of it and throws it away. <laughs> it. You know, the unleavened bread thing is only for Passover. It's not like every day. Oh, I know. Okay. <laughs> it's not but like I, they can't eat that. Yeah, I'm aware. <laughs> but it's just funny to think about ah, leavened bread. I mean, they're like, in a couple days, I can't eat this. <laughs> Passover's coming, but we're not we're not there. <laughs> yeah, they have to, also, they just have to go outside and turn one turtle upside down. And all the turtles are like, oh, no, we can't go. We can't do this. <laughs> They're too powerful. The Jews are too strong. Do not go near that house. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty good. Put it on their 
their doorpost yeah an upside down turtle <laughs> still alive just like chilling yeah, yeah, yeah. whoa <laughs> that guy's metal no they they take the turtle and they throw it to the bird and the bird can... yeah they happened at the same time yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> these plagues you have to pick up a turtle and throw it at a bird that's about to poop on you <laughs> <laughs> little kids with a slingshots going crazy <laughs> Yeah, it's a terrible plague because everyone had a great time throwing these turtles. <laughs> Pharaoh's response to the turtle plague. <laughs> <laughs> New sport invented. <laughs> yeah. Yo, I would love to see the hieroglyphics for turtle, uh, like, like shooting birds out of the air with turtles <laughs> as an Egyptian archery lesson. <laughs> and we're all like, I think, I don't know what this means. I but- have no clue. <laughs> You want to get into the feature presentation? I'd be down for that. All right. All Who's right. going first? I'll go first. All right, man. So this week I'm talking about <laughs> uh, Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse is what I'm talking about. Love that movie. Uh, you seen it? <laughs> More than once. Uh, <laughs> in fact, twice. I think so, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, you see it in theaters? Twice, yeah. I saw. Oh, okay. I saw. A you pre- haven't seen it since. I don't. No, no, no. I've seen it on Netflix when it was on Netflix. I saw it on Netflix at one point. So yeah, I saw it twice in theaters because I saw the pre-release. Um, I saw it when it was in theaters. What's a pre-release? It, they, it was like a showing for it, like a week before it came out. They were just like, oh. we're gonna play it once. Like okay. a week before it came out. How'd you get in on that? Like, did they advertise that? Or I mean, I just was, I mean, I'm a cinema there, member. You know? And so they were like, hey, come check it out. And I was like, okay. <laughs> Will do. Absolutely. Um, so yeah, I went, I had a great time. I saw it again. And then, uh, and then, like I said, I saw it on Netflix at one point. Okay. Anyway, uh, <laughs> how do you feel about Miles Morales? I love him. How do you feel about his portrayal in the movie? Like, vers- are we talking about, like, versus his comic book version? No, just or? at all. Oh, I really uh, I really like him. I don't know who played him. Uh, uh, I can't remember. Yeah, I can't, I can't remember the name. Um, so, yeah. I don't but my, my other, how do you feel his portrayal as a mixed race person is? I feel like he gets, so. <laughs> he, he likes his adios a couple times. Adios, yeah. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I, I, I appreciate his, his being mixed. I appreciate his portrayal of mixed people. Um, I think that it is a good one. I will say that there is a difference between because he's like inner city mixed kid, right. and I I didn't really grow up inner city mixed kid. Um, so there's definitely you know I I am not Miles Morales, but I could be. I do <laughs> like him. <laughs> so yeah, I I watched it again today. Mm-hmm. And jealous. <laughs> How'd you do that? Um, no, I just realized he does sprinkle in a little Spanish yeah, here he and does. there that like I just didn't notice at all. Really? <laughs> the first time watching. Huh. Yeah. And then... His he, mom speaks in Spanish a good chunk. Yeah. And he just like responds. No, doesn't phase him at all. Yeah. Yeah. You can't relate. <laughs> <laughs> no, I cannot relate. My I mother relate. would not. <laughs> would never. No. Anyway... <laughs> Um, but let's get into it. So throughout the movie, we were watching this kid named Miles Morales mm-hmm. uh, become his universe's version of Spider-Man. 
So he gets super spider powers at the beginning of the movie. He can climb up walls and he's pretty strong and he can also turn invisible and shock people for some reason, you know, like a spider would. You know, he can do what a spider can. Yeah, he his venom strike? Yeah. Sure. <laughs> you added the word venom, so I guess it's okay. But please explain the invisible part. <laughs> yeah, so some spiders, in order to avoid prey... <laughs> what were you saying? <laughs> they like run away. Yeah. <laughs> but he can't do that, so he just is not seen. <laughs> yeah, him, the clothes he's wearing, the, everything. Yeah. Like a spider would. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so um, this whole time during the movie, he doesn't really feel confident as a Spider-Man. In fact, he doesn't even have a Spider-Man suit. He has like a, a costume that he bought for $15. Yep. Uh, that doesn't even fit him. It's like <laughs> he's way too big for it. Yeah. Uh, and he is trying to be Spider-Man, but it... His way of doing that is just by copying what others are doing and telling him Spider-Man is. But he kind of just has the wrong attitude about it. He He's honestly trying, but he's not, like, accepting that this is part of who he is. He's just like, well, I guess I got to learn how to swing webs and uh, <laughs> climb up walls. Like, that's what we do, you know? <laughs> yeah. That's uh, what we do. And... That part of it, he does right. He does learn how to um, do those things, and he learns. <clears throat> he learns, uh, and he wants to do the right thing. I mean, I don't know why my brain just shut off for a second there. Man, we got a lot of bookmarks. <laughs> anyway, he wants to do the right thing, and he's told that uh, Spider Man always gets back up. Spider Man is willing to give up everything. Spider Man will always do the right thing, no matter what. And all of that is true, but it isn't really something you can just learn to do. It's 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 an attitude thing. Yeah. To persevere in that way, and um, he has to learn. How to, he also has to learn how to let go of walls, <laughs> which I thought was pretty funny. Yeah. Uh, but he just kind of can't get into the groove of being Spider-Man, and can't figure out how to fight through what is hard on him uh as he's trying to be (laughs) spider-man hey yeah um he just kind of can't become spider-man because he is trying to be and do uh what the other versions of spider-man are doing uh he's trying to be peter parker or peter b parker or penny parker or peter porker or (laughs) spider-man from the 40s or um that's all of them. Gwen Stacy. Gwen Stacy. There you I go. was like, um. <laughs> um, but he isn't being the Spider-Man that Miles Morales would be. You know, he's just trying to do what they're doing. Um, he has to be Spider-Man in his own way. And that means taking on the attitude of this hero and this Spider-Man and doing what you can do with that. You know, he doesn't have to be the perfect fighter or know how to climb up walls perfectly um, or swing from buildings or anything like that on that great little montage of him learning how to swing through the city when he first gets his suit like he's running he's almost running into cars and stuff yeah (laughs) and uh he's barely making it but he's really doing it on his own and that's good for him you know yeah um 
And even when he jumps off that building, like his hands still are holding onto the glass. Yeah, which is why it why it breaks. Breaks. Yeah. Yeah. So like he's still like forcing himself to do this, but he's doing it on his own. He's not just copying someone else doing it. You know. Yeah. Um, and eventually he learns, and then he can fight through anything. He can always get back up no matter how many times he gets knocked down like he's told Spider-Man should be able to do. And he can do the right thing and he can be willing to give up everything um, and his chance to have friends and all these things um, like Spider-Man should be able to do. Uh, So biblically, how I want to tie this in, we are called to be like Christ. But one, none of us are good enough to truly be like Christ on our own. Two, uh, sometimes the best we can do is just copy what he did. We can be kind to others. We can hold uh, others accountable and speak truth no matter what. We can pray for each other and pray constantly and love God with all we have and love others as yourself. But there has to be like this attitude shift within you for you to truly be like Christ. You can't just do those actions, which are good actions, and you should do them. But what it really means to be like Christ um, is this attitude shift of thinking of yourself through uh, God's eyes. Philippians 2, 5 through 6 says, Have this mind among yourself. So, yeah. Have this mind among yourselves, which is yours in Christ Jesus, who, though he was in the form of God, did not count equality be- a quality with God, a thing to be grasped. Um, so it, this is Paul's lesson. You want to be like Christ. You want to walk the way he walked. What you have to do is have this kind of thought process and think you, you, you don't have to do this part because you're not God, but <laughs> Jesus himself was God and still chose to be lowly and see himself as this small person and become this human that he wasn't before yeah so that and he didn't abuse his power as god he always kept himself in check and always did things through his abilities as a as a human um not that he didn't do miraculous things that were that was part of him being god but anyway (laughs) i think you know what i'm talking about um yeah so we are to be like that. We're supposed to have that attitude change like Miles has in becoming Spider-Man. It's not learn how to climb walls and learn how to fight crime. It's to take on this attitude of Spider-Man and do what what Spider-Man would do naturally with that attitude. Right? That's what we do when we're acting like Christ um, is to take on the attitude that Christ had towards others and towards God the Father, and then our actions are going to reflect that naturally. And I'm not saying that's always going to be easy, and there's going to be times where you just have a bad day or a bad attitude for a little while, and you just do the things because what else are you going to do? And that that's a good, that's part of the attitude <laughs> that God has, that Jesus had, that Sundays are just bad days and you still follow through anyway, right? Um so this is what Miles learns. He has to be Spider-Man, but he doesn't, that doesn't mean he has to stop being Miles. And so for us, we have to learn um, not how to be Jesus, but to be like Jesus and not, and that doesn't mean giving up um, on who we are. Um, 
And, and biblically, we learn this. First, we, we're supposed to be like Christ, and we can see that in First John 2, 5, and 6. But whoever keeps his word in him truly, the love of God is perfected. By this we may know that we are in him. Whoever says he abides in him ought to walk in the same way in which he walked. So that's um, John instructing us to be like Christ, to walk in the way that he walked. First Corinthians 11, 1. Uh, Paul instructs uh, the Corinthians and us to be imitators of him as he is an imitator of Christ. 1 Corinthians 12, 18, though, talks about how we're the body of Christ. And it says, now you are the body of Christ and individually members of it. And so what that means to me and what I'm trying to pull into this is not be more like Jesus. <laughs> it's yeah. you can be yourself and be more like Jesus. And it's about taking on this attitude. And what happens there is we become this body of Christ because we're all imitating Christ. We're all like him, but we have our differences still. We, we act like Christ in our own unique ways. Yeah. That makes us parts of the body. We're yeah. the, you're the ear, you're the hand, you're the foot, you're the whatever. <laughs> right. I was going to say, no, I've always thought about it like, like as cells, you know, like each right. of us is an individual cell. We're all part of the larger body of Christ. But like, are you a C cell? Are you a T cell? Are you, a, you know, like what kind of, what kind of cell Let's are get down you? What, are, which protein in the cell body <laughs> right, 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 right. <laughs> but no, it's just like every, like we are all related and all like genetically the same. You know, right. we all have the DNA of Christ in us, but are so vastly different in function. Right. I always think of it like that too, but like biblically Paul says like the hand, what is the ear to say to the mouth? That what is the T cell to say? To the <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. They just kind of sit there, you know? Yeah. <laughs> you see any infections? No. Okay. What does the skin cell say to the blood cell? Yeah. How? Why do you get to move around independently? <laughs> like, no, they're like, I'm what do you? Fluid. I don't know. I think, I think Paul had a better idea. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. Okay. I get <laughs> but no. Anyway. But yeah. I there's a great C.S. Lewis that quote that I was actually I was looking for earlier today for my argument and I couldn't find it, so I wasn't going to talk about it. But I'll talk about it for you. But um, he basically he has this quote that just talks about how like we are here to imitate Christ. And since we're here to imitate Christ, like being a Christian should like by default make you a better person. Right. You as a Christian should be a better person than someone who is not a Christian. We are well, imitating Christ. Okay. No, I don't think he says that. He doesn't say – no, no, no. That <laughs> no, last he part. says it, you by default should be better than who you would be otherwise. Yeah. It's part of the – it was part of an apologetic argument Yeah. of like, well – you would expect Christians to be better than everyone else. And the <laughs> the Bible never promises that. It promises that you'll be better than you would have been otherwise. Yeah. So if someone is naturally like this great guy and doesn't have Christ, yeah. then he would be better with Christ. Yeah. And this horrible person with Christ would have been horrible, really bad without it. You don't want to see what he would be like without Christ. Yeah. And so you're you're not to judge, well, those Christians. Yeah. What, they are no better than me, you know? Yeah. <laughs> okay, well, who were they before they were a Christian is, is, the, is the question prevalent in Christianity is, are they being made better than what they were? 
yeah. or or not. And the people who are worse off, it, it, the argument continues, the people who are worse off in the world are more likely to become Christians because they see the need for it as opposed to someone who just feels like they're a great person anyway and maybe they have really good redeeming qualities and they're validated in that in some ways. What What need do they have to feel like they need to be better, you know? So... Anyway, <laughs> but yeah. I, I also have this um, idea pulled from C.S. Lewis that we are members of a body. We're not units of, uh, of a system or anything. We're members, meaning we are all different. We all have our own specific roles that we're best suited for. We're not clones or units of the, the exact same copy of the exact same thing that do the exact same things every time that's not what we are in that and to try and aspire to be units with each other would be evil and wrong it would strip us of our individuality and who god made us to be because he didn't make us to be all the same or else we would be all the same um but anyway <laughs> that's uh that's essentially the the point i'm trying to make here is just like miles is trying to be spider-man there isn't one way to be spider-man but what defines him as spider-man is this attitude of never giving up and always doing the right thing and being willing to sacrifice your own personal interests for the sake of others that's what spider-man truly is and that's what you have to take on and the rest of it kind of just comes along with it and the same is true for christianity to be like Christ, to be part of the body of Christ does not mean just do the right things and you'll be like Christ and you don't have to do them all the same way. But it means taking on this attitude of Christ as seeing yourself as lowly and a servant to, to all. And the rest of what Christ does flows naturally out of that, of loving God and loving others as yourself. The the correct actions, the speaking truth, no matter what, the praying, the loving others, the holding each other accountable to being kind to others, all that flows out of that attitude. But you don't lose who you are in that attitude. You are able to work in different ways as a Christian, meaning little Christ or Christ-like person. Um, and so that same idea is there to me. I, did you have anything else to add? Lies. No, I don't have anything else to add. Um, no. Okay. All right, your turn. <laughs> how to how to lose a guy in in ten days? Send the ten plagues of Egypt and the secret eleventh <laughs> and the secret eleventh and twelfth plague that he won't notice. Yeah. <laughs> Those are the like the undermining ones. Yeah. Those are the, like like slowly assault his masculinity without him knowing. uh anyways uh yeah i'm gonna talk about how to lose a guy in 10 days uh happy valentine's day boop boop Woo. um <laughs> yeah so basically um the movie is about andy anderson played by kate hudson um she is a columnist um, she works for Composure Magazine, um, which doesn't mean anything. It's – I guess it's supposed to be cosmopolitan. I don't know. But it, it's the most successful, I think specifically women's magazine in the country. Um, and she's just doing her thing, writing columns for her for her magazine. 
Um, I always said newspaper, but not quite. Um, she's just writing columns. And then one of her office buddies um, gets dumped. Right. And she gets all sad at a meeting. So lo and behold, Andy Anderson is like, hey, you know what? I'm going to make sure that nobody else has to deal with getting sad at work because of their stupid boyfriend ever again. So she writes a piece or she I, I should say she starts doing research so she can write a piece titled How to Lose a Guy in 10 Days. Roll credits. Her, her research is to get with guys and lose them. Well, she just wants to do one, dude. Okay. And she's like, well, based off that, I, I can now extrapolate the entire <laughs> okay, the 50% entire... of the human race. Yeah. So my question is, okay, like how long is she with the guy before she has to lose him in 10 days? 10 days. So he, he so she has to meet him and then make her break up him break up with her in 10 days. Yes. Flat. Yes. It's not be with him for three months and then the 10 days start. Uh, the I idea, think that's a real challenge. That's a real challenge. <laughs> <laughs> Ruin a 30-year relationship, Andy Anderson. In 10 days. Yeah. Because um, it's not hard to just, like, not see someone after, like, a little over a week, you know? <laughs> yeah, 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 you go on, like, two really good dates and you ghost them. Welcome to the 21st century, Andy Anderson. Uh, I love her name. <laughs> Andy... Andy, Andy, Andy. Andy. <laughs> Fredward Edward Jones. <laughs> yeah. Um, but no, uh, point is, um, yes, so point is, she wants to make this this article, right? So she needs to do some research. Okay. And so she has to find a guy. She's got to find a guy. And she's trying to convince her, like, editor or, like, senior editor or whatever that she's capable of taking on more important projects now so she thinks this is like a this is gonna be a stepping stone in her career oh i th does she think this is like below her though oh uh <laughs> to write this article. to write this article no no no. she's like excited about the article but she she wants bigger things in life specifically she wants to write about political issues okay i don't know why she wants to write about political issues i mean anyways uh, on the other side of town though we have benjamin barry uh played by matthew mcconaughey um he is an ad executive, right? Like these were stand-in names, and that just never got. And they just never. Yeah. I, my favorite thing about it is the fact that she's AA and he's BB. Nice. <laughs> I hope that they take uh, each other's names so they can have a ABBA rhyme scheme. Um, <laughs> but no, um, it'll spell ABBA. Give me a man after midnight. No. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and I'll lose him in 10 days. <laughs> and I'll lose him in 10 days. Um, but no, uh, Benjamin Barry, uh, he's an ad executive. Um, the problem is his magazine that he works for, or it's not a magazine, it's, it's an ad company. But he keeps getting stuck with beer and sports and like hunting stuff. I don't know. Anything to do with like men, you know. That's what he's just stuck with. And he's just sick of it. And he has his eye um, set for a much bigger deal. There's a large diamond merchant that he wants to get in contact with. And in order to uh, prove that he is able to write pitches, not just for the manliest of men, but also the most 
fragile and delicate and dainty of women because you know this is like diamonds diamonds in 2005 or whatever yeah i was about to say i don't know when this movie came out but i like early to mid 2000s i want to say um but the point is he wants to prove that he can appeal to people across the board and so he makes a bet with his boss that he can get because he's single he's like i i bet that i can get a woman to fall in love with me uh-huh. and bring her to this party that we're having uh-huh. in 10 days oh. what <laughs> what a coincidence cue drama <laughs> um anyways but yeah so uh yeah he has to meet a woman he has to make her fall in love with him has she he has to bring her to this party and at the party if he succeeds he will then have proved he, he knows how to woman. He wow, Matthew McConaughey, which also sounds like a stock name. Um, you sure can woman. Um, so there you go. That's basically the entire. I'm just saying it's not that hard when you're Matthew McConaughey, <laughs> <laughs> a young Matthew McConaughey. Yeah. Hey, uh, I, well, howdy. I was just uh, wondering, uh, what are you doing? Yes. You often uh, come here, maybe. <laughs> So, yeah, that's basically the entire plot of the movie. Uh, there's a contrivance. They meet in a bar. There you go. Okay, so they don't know each other. They don't know each other. So they happen to do this 10-day thing challenge. Yes. For two different public companies. Yes. To prove a point so that they can get raises. Uh-huh. At the same time, and then they just happen to meet in a bar. Correct. Okay. Continue. Uh, hijinks and romance ensue. Um, yeah, there you go. They each have their own little uh, secret thing that they're doing, right? Um, each is completely confident. Uh, they're like, you know what I'm going to do? Succeed. Um, they each want – like they, they're both looking for their, you know – career advancement and so there they are neck to neck um the difference here is andy anderson has to make herself out to be the worst (laughs) whereas uh Benjamin um, has Benjamin Button. Benjamin, Bu- oh my gosh, you said that and I forgot what his name is. I'm glad I wrote it down. Benjamin Barry. Benjamin Barry. Oh That's my gosh, not a last name. It's <laughs> it's, n- it's not a last name. <laughs> um, but yeah, Benjamin Andy Anderson and Benjamin Barry. Uh, they're just on two different spectrums here. Andy has to be absolutely the most <laughs> terrible girlfriend ever. I'm gonna I'm gonna describe and, one and or two scenes for the movie. He has to be like the most suave and generous man. Yeah, he, he has to just be saintly. <laughs> um and it's it's just a delight. Um but yeah, so there you go. Um, I think that it's really cool just because um, I like the way that it highlights like, oh, you know, like a lot of the times people's um, like career things that they're into, like that's what drives a lot of romance. Like, oh, I'm sorry, babe. I can't be with you. I got to move from my job. It's like, mm-hmm. nah, chase the woman. <laughs> Pursue her. Pursue her biblically. Mm-hmm. Correct. <laughs> okay, catch too. You can't. You can't disagree with me. Um, but anyways, but yeah, I just I like that. Um, the the romance is kind of taking the back seat uh, because they're both just so involved on their career development. Um, but anyways, um, yeah, I just I, I think that that's really cool. Um, 
Andy, uh, like I said, she is just like spending the whole movie doing nothing but cooking up uh, just plots. Oh, uh, he's going to break up with me this he's, time. He, exactly. <laughs> yeah. And uh, like, for example, uh, my favorite is probably there's a dramatic final few minutes left in a Knicks basketball game. And during those last seconds, um, she's like, hey, can you give me a soda? <laughs> and, and he's just get me one now. I'm yeah. thirsty. Yeah, uh, exactly. Uh, he he makes her like an, a very elaborate dinner, and then that's when she decides she's like, "I'm vegetarian," and like you know, it it just like all of the uh, she leaves like a bunch of voicemails for mm-hmm. him all the time. Um, she talks to his mother behind his back. Um, she gets him a dog who just pees on everything. <laughs> Does she have to train the dog to pee? No, 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 no. This is, this is just the way that the dog is. Okay. She just she manages to find a dog that just happens. It's the movie from the mid two thousands. Things okay. just kind of fall into place, man. Um, yeah. Uh, it's it's just yeah. She takes him to like a chick flick movie night festival. She barges in on poker night with the boys. Like it, she's just the worst. Um, she's just, <laughs> on purpose, but it's on purpose, which is really funny because Matthew McConaughey at the beginning of the movie we find out that he is actually the worst. Okay, <laughs> but because it's just kind of the way that he talks, you're like, man, this guy sucks. He's just so he's just he's just very. He's very obsessed with himself. And um, and I mean, like, I mean, the whole reason that he's doing this, he's, you know, he's been single for however long. And he's just like, you know what? The only reason I'm going to get a girlfriend is because I need the, you know, because I can I'm write. I'm making money moves. I'm making money moves. I can write to men and women. I'm just that good. But my boss doesn't see it. So his boss so, is like, you haven't had a girlfriend in 10 years. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> and so, but like, I'll show you. I'll have one in 10 days. <laughs> Is you, that is that exactly what's going on? You have basically you're trying to write the film, and I, I love that. I don't remember if that's exactly what happens, but you're you're basically on track. I don't remember. Yeah, like I said, I don't remember if that's exactly what happens. But the point is, um, yeah, he's he's not actually like in, invested in her. Um, but the funny thing is, because he's the worst. And he's trying to just gaslight her into being in love with him, um, which I mean, I guess that's how gaslighting works. Um, she, he's just, he like slowly starts actually becoming a better person uh-huh. because he's like kind of faking it, and as he's making it, yeah. he's just like. He's like, oh, you know what? I'm, oh, you know what? This whole like being a cool dude. He's like becoming more patient with people. I don't mind chick flicks. I don't mind. <laughs> yeah. Um, but no, he's just he's like actually he's like start like she's starting to fall for him because she's like, man, I am just the worst, and he is. He's just putting up with it. <laughs> he's so patient and so nice all the time, mm-hmm. and meanwhile, he's like. Falling in lo- I don't really know why he's falling in love with her. Uh, he's falling in love with her because he's like... She makes him a better man. Yeah, there you go. We can go with that. That's that's a reason to fall in love with a person. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so... <laughs> you make me so patient. <laughs> <laughs> I really like that as a relationship dynamic. You bring out the best in me. <laughs> 
I've held down so much that I didn't think I could <laughs> because of you. <laughs> I like the oh, the cracking because of you. <laughs> I love you. <laughs> I want to write this movie. This sounds so good. Uh, but yeah, he's just he's just willing to put up with everything uh, and anything. Uh, but anyways. Um, but yes, I think that it's really cool. Um, people just kind of like date around nowadays. And I don't think that there's anything wrong with dating a lot of people yeah. um, in the sense that like uh, you never know what God has in store for you, you know? Yeah. And- I mean, I think Christians mm-hmm. have like devoted Christians, good for you, have this thing. Good for you. <laughs> like good for us, good for you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, you're trying to do your best. We appreciate it. Have yeah. this thing where like. Oh, I got my first girlfriend. We're gonna get married in a month. <laughs> yeah, and it's like, <laughs> like, okay, um, that's great that you think you found the girl, and if you do marry her, then you did find the girl. But like, it's okay to go on like one date with someone and decide, eh, I don't think so, and then like try again. <laughs> like, yeah, it doesn't have to be the first girl you ever date. Yeah, look at me having married the first girl I ever dated. <laughs> Yeah, they're gonna say, ah, pot they called the kettle black. <laughs> but like, it's it's perfectly fine to like just see what you're interested in in a partner yeah. and see how people are different from each other, and not just, well, I'm never gonna get another date, so might as well make this work or anything. Right, like right, that. right, right, right. Like there, yeah. there is definitely a lot of value to learn a lot from yeah. your various partners, from your various people that you have gone out and you're. Your, you know, your, your, your significant others, you mm-hmm. know, and there's a lot to be learned there. Um, I will say that, like, getting in, like, really significant, deep relationships. Yeah. Where you're, like, edging the line between boyfriend and husband or girlfriend and wife. Yeah. Is several times over. is probably not healthy and good for you. But just, like, being willing to go on dates with people is fine. <laughs> yes. Yes. Um, and that is just an interest... I, there is a very healthy middle ground, and I will say typically, secularly speaking, people are very willing to just like um, – not even like blur the line between husband and boyfriend. Just not have a line. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> the The line is, is there ring? And there's nothing wrong with the way that like that happens for Christians. Like biblically speaking, there's nothing wrong with it. But I think that there is a there's a healthy middle ground for your relationship and your your typically speaking because like again there are i mean you know again you in your example you married the first person you ever dated and i'm not going to say that you're unhealthy for King. it because <laughs> first try 100% shot accuracy um but no the kd ratio <laughs> 1 <laughs> um but still, even even with that, like I think that typically speaking, there is a healthy middle ground. God works through you know people who've been on a million dates uh, and people who've only been on one date. But typically speaking, secularly speaking, um, people are pretty cool with just like dating around and like we said before, like not really having boundaries in their relationships right. and doing these things or having, you know, making boundaries and having boundaries, but they're not biblical boundaries, you know, and there's there's all kinds of little 
yeah, and caveats. And, or like boundaries completely based on past trauma in a relationship, not on like, this seems healthy, you know? Yeah, yeah not on growth and, you know, like a forward thinking mindset. It's all about like self-gratification. Right. Um, and that's, you know, not great. And we have a 50% divorce rate. So what do you got to say about that secular media? Uh, <laughs> yeah. But yeah, I think one of the most interesting yet not surprising statistics to me as a Christian is that people who wait till marriage mm-hmm. to sleep together have a lower divorce rate. Yeah. Which like the argument on the secular side was always, well, you got to know if you like work together or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> and like it is kind of a logical argument. Mm-hmm. But but like, it's not factually I just based. never cared. <laughs> I never cared about that logic. You know? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I never, I'm like, sure, you have a point, but that's the only point you have. Like, yeah. Um, so, I'm no, I'm not going to do that. And it's like, okay, but like. If that was true, you would expect everyone who slept together before they got married to have a lower divorce rate, but it's higher. Yeah. So, which isn't surprising, but it's always always like, huh? Checkmate, atheist. <laughs> um, <laughs> you have but, a point. No yeah. evidence. Right, 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 right. No right, empirical right. evidence. No <laughs> empirical evidence. I'm sorry, your titration was invalid. Um, but no, my point. Anyways, my point is, oh, dude, titrations. I titrations suck, but I love doing them. Anyways, um, the point point is, um, yes. Uh, how to lose a guy in ten days? Um, they're just the worst. Um, they're like they're terrible people. They are terrible people, but they like. Through this mission that they're both given, they both grow into better people. Andy Anderson, through her, like, actual guilt and remorse for her actions. <laughs> and uh, Benjamin Barry, because, like, he's learning patience. Um, and I think that's, like, a really big thing. I, I genuinely, like, I think that that's a really cool, really big thing. Um, I'm going to read a quick Bible chunk. Um, Matthew 28, 16 through, I believe it's 19, uh, or I'm sorry, through 20, 16 through 20. Um, you, if you recognize that, that's because that's the Great Commission, so buckle up. Um, then the 11 disciples went to Galilee, uh, to the mountain where Jesus had told them to go. When they saw him, they worshipped him, but some doubted. Then Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. Um, So there you go. So that's basically like the beginning of like post-Jesus. Jesus ascends in heaven right after that. And then it's just acts. And, you know, we could argue that, you know, I've always really liked the argument that, like, acts ends so abruptly because the idea is that, like, we're still writing acts in a way. I don't know if you've ever heard that before. I I always believed acts ends abruptly because he got to the present and was like, and you, like, I got nothing else to say and sent it off, you know? Yeah, yeah. (laughs) I mean, yeah, but but still, like, I've always liked it. Like, you are aware of Paul's trial. Um, We'll see how that goes. Here you go. Yeah. Theophilus. Theophilus. Whoever you are. Um, (laughs) That's a pseudonym, right? It's it's you. You're a friend of God. Good job, man. (gasps) (laughs) Anyways. um, But no, no, no. My my point being... yeah, I just anyway, I've I've always liked the idea that Luke is or Luke Axe. is yeah, sorry, but Luke wrote Acts. Luke yeah, is writing okay, Acts. Yeah, yeah, Luke is writing Acts and it, it just kind of ends Luke, because it's like 
you know, like this is the story is ongoing. We are right. still in acts, basically. Anyways, um, but the point is, the Great Commission happens, and then uh, would you say, you know, the eleven disciples that are uh, gathered there and uh, all other Christians, um, once they become Christians, w- would you say that they uh, become uh, better people than they were? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. I mean, I think there's this big thing that (laughs) where leading up to the crucifixion all the disciples reveal their like true colors yeah some are worse than others yeah but um none of them are really doing great you know yeah yeah, yeah. (laughs) none of them are like really standing up for what they should right in those moments and then one when they see jesus and then especially at um pentecost mm-hmm. they're like complete not not in a bad way but a really good way they're like completely different people who are like oh this is real i know what's going on now it finally makes sense everything's clicked after everyone. three years i'm no longer afraid of anything i'm willing to die for this yeah <laughs> you know uh and so like you could say maybe that another part of that is the great commission they're like maybe i don't understand what's going on but I know I know the mission now. I'm no yes. longer confused about what's going on. Right. Yeah. Um, and that yeah, and that's basically my point here. I think that it's really interesting that like for the disciples, again, you know, like there's Pentecost and the the, the whoa and everything's so cool and I get it. You know, everything just finally clicks. Um, and I think that there's something to be said that, for that. Like people often do better when they have like a unifying purpose and such. And like for this, I think that it's really cool that like in, in the example of both Benjamin and Andy, they have their own little commission um, (laughs) where it's like, they have a mission, a little selfish commission, (laughs) a little selfish commission. Um, And because of that, like they become better people. Um, And like, I think that that's true for us as Christians. Like every Christian, once we are baptized and we are cleaned of our old life and we, you know, are are brought into like (laughs) officially speaking, um, this new life that we live as Christians, the Great Commission, uh, that applies to you now. Um, (laughs) And thus, like we start to imitate Christ and... We, you know, continue to grow in his likeness and, you know, what I was saying before, I couldn't find the exact C.S. Lewis quote, um, but we we become more and more like him and we become better people mm-hmm. as a result of it. Um, specifically, I wanted to look at Benjamin just because, you know, he's the one who has to like put up with everything Andy's doing. But like Benjamin is just a chaste holy pillar um, <laughs> in this movie yeah. um, to outward appearance. Again, like inside, yeah. he's still, you know, like not the best guy and like over the course of the movie starts becoming, you know, actually the guy that he's like, again, very fake it until you make it. But he starts becoming a really cool dude. Um, but like, I mean, he he's just saintly. You know, Um, like no matter what Andy does, no matter what horrible thing she concocts, um, he's patient. You know, he like everything that happens. He's like, you know, like I'm still going to love you. I have to take you to this freaking dinner. I'm going to love you. I'm going to love you. I'm going to love you. He's accommodating to everything. He actually has a motto, um, which is simply every situation is workable. And I really like that. You know, that's a really, like, I think, healthy motto right. for any relation. Every situation is workable. And and all it took from him is yeah. to actually take something seriously with relationships yeah. for 10 days. Yes. And then he realizes, oh, 
maybe I do know how to, like, I can do this. Right, 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 right. Like, oh, I, I can be a decent person. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. He And that's the sad thing about it is that he has to, like, have, like, a self, you know, centered reason to become a better person. But at least it happens, you know? Um, whatever works, you know? Whatever, right, right, right. And But I just, I think that that's, like, a really... I'm not going to say like a really beautiful thing, but I think that it points to a really beautiful thing. Matthew McConaughey, you, you thumbs down for this, but, <laughs> but no, Benjamin. Yeah, okay. I guess that's fair. So ben, Benjamin Barry, you know, your big he- thumbs down, big thumbs down. Your head was not in the right place. Your heart was not in the right place, but you still grew. And Andy also grew because of it. And then of course, you know, rom-com things, ha ha ha. They end up like actually together. Um, but the point is, so she failed. <laughs> I she guess could yeah. Could not lose the guy in ten days. I think, I think she still writes the article. Mm-hmm. I think she still writes the article. Anyway, it has a different title now. <laughs> <laughs> how uh, to try and fail to lose a guy in ten days? How to try to lose a guy in ten going on eleven days? <laughs> um, but, uh, I would love to read that article. How to lose a guy in ten days? Day eleven. <laughs> Day eleven. Still together. I don't know what happened. <laughs> I, don't know what happened. <laughs> I would love to read that article. Um, Starts out on Dale Evan. Yeah, don't yeah. even go through the first ten days. I don't know. I can't do it anymore. But he he's just so patient. And I, I if I broke up with him and be oh, he's met my mom. I can't I can't leave him. The whole point was to get him to break up with me. I can't <laughs> break up with him. <laughs> so funny. Um, but no. Anyways. But yeah. He just yeah. They both become better people for it. And I just think that that's a really cool thing. Like I said, it, I don't think that it's technically a beautiful thing, but it does point to this like really wonderful and like yeah, glorious. That's, uh, that's what we're here for. To make to, yeah. to for the beautiful things that okay and maybe bad things point to. <laughs> yes, that's what we're trying to find out and yeah. present to you guys. Yeah. So there you go. That is uh that is my feature presentation. All right. Thanks for being here, guys. If you want to tell us what Mickey Mouse costume uh, <laughs> is your favorite for some reason, yeah. or what useless plague you would like to know about, yeah, uh, or come up with yourself, let us know. Or if you want to tell us uh, your thoughts on Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse or how to lose a guy in 10 days, or you have your own idea you'd love for us to hear about and talk about, you can contact us at ocvepod at gmail.com or ocvepod.com or at ocvepod on Facebook or Twitter. We love to hear from you. Anything else? Uh, goodbye. Yeah, that was a good pie. Goodbye. Goodbye.